Mr. Chairman, we'll probably pick up on Philippians later, uh, probably next week, if the Lord allows, but I want to just jump to this thought tonight. 2 Chronicles 14 and 15 and 16 actually go together. It's three chapters that talk about the story and life of King Asa. And I want to just kind of uh, walk through his life. And again, I don't know that we'll read all three chapters tonight, but uh, I really need to encompass all of it to get you an idea as far as what takes place here. Church family, if I can say this, and I'm going to pray. When you look at Asa's life, there was a time in his life that he was very close to the Lord. There was a time in his life that he prayed about things. He trusted God. He had faith in God. But then years had passed, and he got to a place in his life that he didn't, and he died an awful death. And it's interesting because in chapter 14, I think it's verse number 1, or 1 and 2 there, it talks about how Asa did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. He was one of the good kings of Judah. But something happened in his life that caused him to stop praying and stop trusting the Lord. And uh, tonight, that's the thought, and I hope the Lord will help us with it. Let's pray and ask God's blessing on his word. Father, thank you again for your people. I ask you now to please bless this service. Uh, Lord, again, speak to us through your word. Open our eyes of understanding. God, may you get the glory tonight for everything that's said and done. Lord, it's been a joy to be, uh, to be able to hear the church family sing, to hear the children sing. Lord, the special tonight. Thank you again for coming to this earth as man. Thank you again for dying for our sin. Uh, Father, help us to be ever appreciative of that. Lord, help every person in here, if they're saved, Lord, to be thinking and thanking you. Lord, not just during the season, but year-round. Now, Father, again, help us tonight in this thought. Again, I know this is the thought for the night. Lord, however you want to use it in the lives of people, may it be done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, church family, uh, my, a little bit hesitant in my mind because it covers so much uh, uh, scripture, but I need you to stay with me tonight. I'll do my best to read only the portions that's necessary. Obviously, all scripture is necessary, but to, again, to get the thought across tonight. Let's pick it up now, chapter number 14, 2 Chronicles 14. The Bible says this, it says, So Abiah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days, uh, in the, I'm sorry, in his days, the land was quiet. How long? And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. And then it talks about the good things that he did. Verse 3, And he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places, and break down the images, and cut down the groves, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers, um, and to do the law and the commandment. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. And he built fenced cities, and Judah and the land had rest. Again, let's go ahead. I'm going to read the I'm sorry, a little bit farther. And he had no war in those days because the Lord had given him rest. Verse number 7, Therefore he said unto Judah, Asa did, Let us build these cities and make out about them walls and towers, gates and bars, while the land is yet before us. Now listen to what he says next, verse 7. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him, and he hath given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. Verse 8 talks about his army. Verse 9 talks about a battle. How long did they have rest? Talk to me. In verse number 9 now. And there, and there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with a host of a thousand thousand, million man army, a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots and came unto Marisha. Then Asa went out against him and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zerah. Um, Zerphethah of Marisha, and Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude, O Lord, thou art our God, and let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Now, church, I mean, think for just a moment of the storyline that goes on. Asa becomes king for 10 years. There's nothing that goes on, just rest. All of a sudden, this million-man army comes, and I did not read verse number 8, but approximately just under half of as many men in Asa's army as there were in the army that was coming against them. Two to one odds. 
So obviously he was outnumbered. He says, God, listen, we can't do this. We're relying on you. We're trusting you. We need you. It doesn't matter if we have a big army or a small army because you can do whatever you want. And God answers his prayer. They win the battle. All right. Pick it up now in chapter number six or 15. I'm sorry. Verse number one. When the spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you. What's the next phrase? And if you seek him, what will happen? Found of you. But if you forsake him, what will happen? He will forsake you. Now for a long season, Israel hath been without the true God, without a teaching priest and without law. But when they were in trouble, they did turn unto the Lord God of Israel. Jump down to verse number uh, eight. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon. For they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. Verse 10, so they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. Now these, these statements I want to just draw your attention to in verse number 10, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. Now I need you to follow the timeline. That's what takes just a few minutes this, morning, this evening to set the, set the stage. The first 10 years he had complete peace. Now somewhere between the 10 and the 15th year, this Ethiopian army that comes with this million man army is coming to him and you kind of have a five year period there, depending on what took place, we don't know, but there was a bit major battle that kind of settled the score. In the 15th year, he calls everybody together and Oded, the, the prophet, uh, I'm sorry, it was Azariah, the son of Oded. He, the Azariah says, hey, listen, as long as you're seeking God, you're going to find him. You forsake him, he's going to forsake you. And then I like, I like what, a, what Asa does next. Look at verse number uh, 11. Verse number 11, it says, and they offered unto the Lord the same time the spoil, which they had brought, 700 oxen, 7,000 um, 7, sheep. And they entered into a covenant to do what? To seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart, with all their soul. Now look at verse 13. That whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be what? Don't you like those kind of laws? I mean, you're talking live or die now. You, if you, he, we're talking Israel. He's the king, okay? If you don't seek God, we don't want you. You're dead. All right, that's what he did. All right, look what he says. Here it goes on. It says, whether small or great, whether man or woman, and they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with a shouting and with trumpets and with cornets, and all Judah rejoice at the oath the promise for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he was what found of them. And the Lord gave them rest uh, round about. All right. Now jump down to verse number 19. And there was no more war unto the five and 30th year of the reign of Asa. All right. Now church family followed the timeline. First 10 years, there's complete peace in Asa's life, okay? Between the 10th and 15th year, you've got the battles going on with the Ethiopians. The final score, Ethiopians are gone. From the 15th year to the 35th year of his reign, the Bible said in verse number 19, there was no more war under the 5th and 30th year of the reign of Asa. So from the 15th year to the 35th year, I, I, listen, it won't be, I'm, we're almost there, okay? The 15th year to the 35th year, how many years is that? So for 20 years, no battle, no fighting, God gave them that one victory, and they've been able to enjoy that. Now, let's, let's pick it up in chapter 16, all right? A little more history, and we'll get started tonight. Chapter 16, verse 1. In the sixth and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, remember Judah and Israel were split kingdom here, king of Israel came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa brought all silver, brought, I'm sorry, brought out silver and gold, 
out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus, saying, There's a league between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go, break thy league with Basha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. And Ben-Hadad hearkened unto king Asa, and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. And they smote Ijan and Dan and abel Maim and all the store cities of Naphtali. And it came to pass when Basha, this is Basha the king of Israel, heard it, that he left off building of Ramah and let his work cease. Then Asa the king took all Judah, and they carried away the stones of Ramah and the timber thereof, wherewith Basha was building, and he built there with Geba and Mizpah. Now, just so there's no misunderstanding, Basha's the king of Israel, Asa's the king of Judah, Judah and Israel at war with one another. Israel tries to, king of Basha of Israel tries to barricade Asa in, so he's building this, <clears throat> this fortress to keep them from coming in and out of the land. And so what Asa does, instead of going to God, guess what he does? He goes to, to the king of Syria and says, hey, I need your help. I need you to attack the back door of Israel so this guy will get off my front door. All right, so that's exactly what happened. All right, now look what happens next. All right, if you're still with me, say amen. amen. Verse 7, and at that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, the seer being the prophet, came, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God, Therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen, yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. Powerful verse next, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Then Asa was wroth with the seer. And put him in prison house, for he was enraged with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. And behold, the acts of Asa first and last, lo, they're written in the book of the kings of Judah and of Israel. And Asa, here's the timeline again, in the 39th year of his reign, was diseased in his feet until the disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord but to the physicians. Verse 13, again, timeline. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and 40th year of his reign. All right. All right, church family, you got it all read. Are you ready? All right, here's, again, let's go through the timeline and let's, let's give you the thought tonight. Asa becomes king. By the way, Asa did not come from good stock. And on time, really, we've read enough tonight. I hate even saying those kind of statements. But enough history we've read tonight to understand. But Asa, you know, his father, um, Abijam, they both had the same mother. Asa was born out of incest. I mean, he did not come from a good situation whatsoever, okay? But I want to tell you something. God does not look at the situation. He looks at the person. And it doesn't matter what your situation is. If you love God, God blesses you. All right? So guess what happened? Asa had God's blessing on his life because when he became king, he honored God. He trusted God. He got rid of all the idols. And, and of course, he even got rid of his mother who was queen, who had an idol. I mean, he, did all, he took the stand that a Christian should, should take in their, in their life. So Asa, in the first 10 years, he enjoys the blessing of God. There's peace. There's quiet. And all of a sudden, a battle comes along. And can I just tell you that it doesn't matter. Sometime in the Christian life, you're going to come across a battle. All right? The Christian life is not meant I'm saved. It's going to be smooth sailing. You are a soldier for Jesus Christ. Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Not a matter of everything's supposed to be easy. I can't believe I have an offense or I have financial difficulty or problems in my life. Why is God doing this to me now? That's a, that's a big question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Do you understand that God has a lot of reasons? Sometimes it's sin, but can I tell you, it's not always sin. Sometimes it's to test us. Sometimes it's to, to allow us to go through something that we might be able to comfort somebody else when they go through something. There's a lot of reasons why God allows things to happen in our life, but you are going to go through trials in your life. 
You're going to go through times that you, you, you cry yourself to sleep at night or you become angry or, or burdened. But can I tell you, that's part of growing you in your faith. The trying of your faith worketh patience. So if you're going to grow as a Christian, don't give up, don't quit, and don't whine. Okay, got one over a while. All right. First 10 years, rest. All of a sudden, at the 10th year, they're having problems with the Ethiopians. By the 15th year, they have the major battle, the million-man the million army, 1,000, 1,000, they're gone. Now, from the 15th year, just before the 15th year should take place, he comes before the people and said, listen, we're going to make a covenant with God. We're going to promise him. We're going to make a solemn oath that we're going to seek him. And if you're not on board with that, I'm cutting your head off. All right? Amen. Wonderful leader. Amen? Hey, at least he's going the right direction. All right, anyway, so that's what happens. So now from the 15th year to the 35th year, no more war, no more problems. Everything's going wonderful. In the 35th year, all of a sudden, the king of Israel comes up against king of Judah. And instead of trusting God, he goes and tries to get somebody else, man's help, instead of God's help. And God didn't like that. So he sends a prophet to warn him and say, hey, listen, what you did was wrong. You should have never done that. Here's the consequences. You're going to have wars from now on. Here's the consequences. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're not going to get along with very many people. Because if you remember in the next verse... He said he had problems, that he caused problems. Let me just read that. I can't remember the word off the top of my head here. But in chapter number 16, look what he says there in verse number 10, the last phrase. In Asa, oh, last phrase, in Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. Hey, can I just tell you, when you're not right with God, you cause problems for a whole lot of other people than just you. Because when you're not right with God, your spirit's not right. And I want to just tell you something. God created you to be light and salt, and you can't influence people in a good way when you're not right with the Lord. All right? That's what happened to Asa, by the way. Was Asa a good king? He was a good king. That's what the Bible said. Listen, every person in this auditorium can get sideways with God. I don't care how spiritual you think you are. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth. Take heed lest he fall. It doesn't matter if you're a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, a bus worker. It doesn't matter the pastor. Every one of us still have flesh to deal with in our life. If you ever get to the place where you think that can't happen to you, I want to tell you, you're already backslidden. Amen. All of us need to remember the Proverbs, Proverbs 28, thinks verse number 14, happy is the man that feareth always. In other words, is careful, understands. We're, this is our flesh that we're dealing with, all right? 20 years of, of, of pro <coughs> peace and prosperity, and all of a sudden, he has conflict. Instead of going to God, he goes to man. And the, and the uh, seer, the prophet, comes to him and says, listen, you shouldn't have done that. He throws the seer in prison. And then all of a sudden, what happens? This is the 35th year. In the 36th year, he, he's diseased in his feet. All righty? We don't understand what that disease was, but it, it obviously ate away at him. By the time his 41st year, he's, he's a dead man. Now, church family, can I just tell you tonight that there was a time in Asa's life that he, he prayed. There was a time in his life that he trusted God. When a million-man army came against him, he knew, God, it's not us, it's you. You can save with little, you can save with many, you can do whatever you want. It's, your, it's up to you. He trusted God. In our Christian life, there are times in our life, I feel like, especially if you look backward in your life, that you were, and I don't, it's not necessary, yeah, it is necessary. When you were closer to God, when you spent time in prayer, when a trouble came up, you didn't get um, flustered, you just understood, okay, he's got a reason for this. You had faith in God. God, it's not, it, it, this is not a difficult situation. Yes, we don't have enough money for the end of the month, but you got more than enough money for the end of the month. You, you trust it. Listen to me tonight. There were times in your life that you went through difficulties in your life, but it wasn't a matter of, you know, man, God's surprised by this or what? He's never surprised by anything. Every, every family in here has gone through times in your life that were difficult. I was talking to Brother Gray on the phone yesterday.
who started a church in Great Bend, Kansas, and he's gone through some major trials in his life. Lost a child, wife with cancer. Uh, and Brother Grace stayed faithful, been there 17 years. I mean, he has stayed the course. I mean, if there's times that if you, you, you could have said anybody could have given up at him. We were talking about different pastors that actually were in that particular town, and we were just having a conversation. And I didn't say anything to him, but he was talking about sacrifices that people have made. But I want to tell you something, Brother Gray's made sacrifices, major sacrifices in his life. And I could go through you tonight, and I could say, okay, the sacrifices that you made in your life, some of them are health-related, some of them are children-related, some financial-related. But all of you have gone through that you can look back in your life, and you, hindsight's twenty twenty. you can look back at your life and say, oh, well, God was in that. He was trying to do something in my life in preparation for where I'm at right now and what I'm doing and what the Lord wants with my life. Now, church family, can I just tell you that Asa, when he got to this point in his life, 35 years into being king, he should have looked back to what God did with the Ethiopians, but instead of doing that, he tried figuring out his own way instead of going to God, trusting God. And I'm just trying to tell you tonight that as Christians, we have to be careful that we do not give up a life of prayer and we do not give up a life of faith for any reason. And I think there's reasons why Asa gave up that life of prayer and life of faith. Church family, he had God's blessing on his life. God blessed Judah because Asa looked to God. Church family, God's been very good to Heritage Baptist Church. You think about all the good things that God's done for our church. But can I just tell you something? As long as this church is here and the Lord hasn't come back yet, it's not beyond the Lord to allow another difficulty to come along. And they could be a major difficulty. You know the problem with getting this many Christians together under one roof? Is somebody's not going to get along with somebody. That's other churches. Our church is not like that. There are churches like that, though. Hey, can I tell you, splits and splinters and, and division. Paul referred to that often to the Corinthian church because that's what we deal with. Is that not carnality when we have envying, what do you call it, envying strife and division? What is that? That's just carnal. That's just our flesh. And I hope that's not the battle that we have to face because I want to tell you something. It sure is a lot easier to face that which is without than that which is within. And I don't know of a, of a division, but can I tell you, to me, the worst kind of problem in a church is internal, not external. Now, I get nervous with external, but I get sick with internal. Internal is family. External is lost. You know, when we took that, uh, when we had that fight, uh, I got nervous for you, which we've had this conversation before, but I got nervous for you when the fight was going to go on, that the state said you couldn't have church. And I said, listen, you do whatever you want. We are going to have church. And then you all showed back up anyway. You're crazy. But you know what that was? That was an external battle that we had to face. And yes, we had to deal with the police. And yes, we had to deal with the health department. Yes, we had to deal with the media and all the things that go with that. But can I just tell you that heritage is always going to have battles in their life. And we might be able to enjoy a 10 year of rest and a 20 year of rest. But until the Lord comes back, there is always going to be a time that there's going to be a struggle. And all that is to test you. Are you going to pray and are you going to trust God? Amen. And church family, whether it's on a collective uh, church uh, ecclesia, this assembly, or whether it's in your family, yes, you're going to go through years, periods of time in your life. What a joy where God supplies and God gives you more. What is mercy? God not giving us what we do deserve. What is grace? God giving us more than what we deserve. And I want to tell you, we have, we've been able to experience the grace of God on our families and our church, on God giving us more than we deserve. But if he takes it all away, 
You still need to pray and you still need to trust. So Asa got to a time in his life, at the beginning of his life, the beginning of his being king, God, it's not us, it's you, whatever you're going to do. Hey, listen, you can save with little or many. And then later on, 20 years after that battle, listen to me, 20 years after making a promise to God, if you don't seek God, we're killing you. 20 years later, it's okay not to seek God. 20 years later, it's okay to try to get another king who was a heathen king, king of Syria, who was not even a believing, Old Testament, New Testament, was not even a picture of the believer. He goes to an unbeliever for help. Church family, there is no banker, there is no doctor, there is no lawyer, there is no financial advisor that is more smarter than God. I don't think more smarter is right, do I? Did I do that wrong? Okay. I do not recommend marrying English teachers, okay? I got a good one, but I'm just telling you. Hey, I want to just tell you, you need to trust the Lord. And God gives us people in our life for us to get advice from. God gives us people in our life to be able to try to, to gain from, uh, to learn from. But I want to tell you something. You've got to put your, all of your faith and trust in God. What does God want for my life? What does he want for my family? Now, tonight, can I just point out these quickly, these things tonight about Asa, and we'll be finished. But I want you to show you something. Why did Asa give up the life of prayer and faith? Why did he go from seeing God kill a million, a million man army? And the Bible doesn't tell us how many people with Israel, but I can promise you this, there was not a million Israelites that came up against him. So what caused them to not have faith to trust in God? What caused them not to pray and go to God? Look at chapter 15, look at verse number 12. Again, I'm covering these, these three chapters. I'm just going to read three verses here. But verse number 12, and they entered into a covenant to do what? <coughs> to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. Look at verse number 15. And all Judah rejoiced in the oath and that they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And I like that phrase. And he was found of them. You know, my kids still, especially the younger ones, they still like to play, school kids same way, they still like to play hide and seek. <coughs> I like to play hide and seek too. <coughs> seek too. You go hide. I'll find you sometime. <laughs> but that's not the Christian life. God doesn't say, you know, find me and maybe you can find me. I mean, look, seek me and maybe you can find me. That's not the way God does it. God says, if you seek me, you'll find me. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. So here what we have, I look at Asa's life. Why did he give up that life of prayer and faith? And I want to tell you why. Because he stopped seeking God. And I, wanted, I, I look at this and I know that we look here, 10 years of prosperity and blessing and rest, then five years of battling. At the end of that five years, we're at the 15th year and all of a sudden he comes to God and says, listen, if you don't seek God, I'm killing you. We're going to make an oath with God. The prophet just got done telling us if we seek him, he'll be found. If we forsake him, he'll forsake us. He was on fire for God. They all made an oath. And can I tell you, with that kind of oath, they sought God. So something happened in this 20-year period where Asa stopped seeking God so that when a problem came up, the first thought was not, God, what are you going to do about this? His first thought was, send me a letter to the king of, to the king of Syria. Something happened in that 20 years that he stopped seeking God like he was supposed to. You know, it goes back to this morning's message. It, it always goes back to what's your walk with God like? How much are you reading your Bible? How much time are you spending in prayer? The closer you are to God, the easier the Christian life is going to be. So what caused him to lack in faith and lack in prayer? I want to tell you, it's just simply because he stopped seeking the Lord. You have to keep taking the steps. 
Second of all, look at this. Look at chapter 15, verse number 10. I've already alluded to it a little bit. But in verse number 10, it says, So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. Verse number 19, last phrase, last phrase of the chapter. It says, And there was no more war unto the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. <laughs> I feel like that when you look at the story, that it's pretty simple. Not only did he stop seeking God, and by the way, these go hand in hand. When you stop seeking God, you always backslide. I don't know who coined the phrase, but I, I tell you what, to me, it just epitomizes it so much that our sense of sin is in proportion to our nearness to God. I don't know who, who quoted that originally. I've said it for years, but it's, it is so true. The closer you are to God, the more you see your sin. The farther away from you are you are from God, the less you see your sin. Church, 20 years went by in Asa's life, and he got to the place that he, he, he enjoyed the prosperity of life, but he stopped enjoying the presence of God of God doing something in his life and, 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 and spending time with him. And when you stop seeking God, backsliding is always a slow, always. Nobody just falls into sin. We say that all the time, David fell into sin. No, David took several steps before he ever committed adultery. Backsliding is always, you know, it, it's so bad, it's so, and it's our flesh, but we don't even see how backslidden we are until it's too late almost. Now, it's never too late as long as you're breathing. But we sacrifice. Church family, Abraham was the friend of God, and he lost 25 years of his life because he didn't do what God told him to do. And he's the, he's the hero of faith, the man of faith. Mentioned in, and by the way, which to me is another picture, that God can always pick us up no matter where we're at in our life. But I'm just telling you, the great Christians that are mentioned in the Bible, God tells us the good and the bad. And some of the bad, you think to yourself, why did they do that? And they were heroes of the faith. All I'm telling, trying to tell you tonight is this, is that what causes a person at one time when you spent time in prayer and you trusted God, and now you're no longer doing that, it's, 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 it's a variety of things. But I think the first thing is he stopped seeking God. The second thing that happened is he backslid. He continually got a little bit farther away from the Lord. Little bit by little. Look at the next thing with me. Not only that, this, uh, that I want you to see the next one. Look at chapter 16, verse number, uh, I don't think I'm read all these verses. Let me just read verse number seven, 16, seven. Here's what the prophet said. And at that time, Hanana the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, because thou, and he, he put it in a nutshell, because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God. <clears throat> Therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. It's real simple. You know what, why he stopped praying and trusting God? It's because God took a place where he was relying on man. He was not relying upon God. Hey, ladies, let me tell you something. Your husband's the head of the home. Your husband should be the, and fellas, I'm going to tell you something. You should be the leader in the home, all right? Your wife's not going to agree with everything, all right? And by the way, God gave you that wife as a helpmate. You should never just disregard your wife's opinion, okay? You should, be, you should listen. You should talk things out. But what I'm trying to say is this, is ladies, you're, you're supposed to submit to your husband. Your husband's supposed to be the leader of the house. Husband's the bigger responsibility upon us. When God came to the garden, he didn't say, Eve, why'd you eat of that fruit? Did, did, God know, did God know that Eve ate the fruit first, yes or no? Okay, why did, he, why did he say, Adam, where art thou? I want to tell you why, because Adam's the man of the house. We, we have to understand that we cannot rely. So like where I was going with that is, ladies, be careful. Yes, you rely upon your husband, but you're supposed to have spirituality too. Well, my husband's the leader. You know, a person said it's so true, you know, that the wife is the neck that turns the head. 
And so many times in a husband-wife relationship, if the wife is not right and where she's supposed to be, a husband, whether you ladies think it or not, according to Scripture, a husband wants to please his wife. What happens, his head gets turned because of what's going on with the neck. I'm not blaming the wife tonight for what's going on in a home. I'm just trying to say tonight that you cannot rely upon the spirituality of somebody else. Each of us have to have spirituality. The husband is supposed to have a walk with God. The wife is supposed to have a walk with God. If there's one concern I have as a parent is that my children are having a walk with God. Now, I'm not like your normal parent probably. I don't sit over the top of my children and make sure that they're having devotions. I personally believe that there, it has, devotions is a choice. Uh, we teach our children by habit, and we get them to have devotions by habit, but eventually we want the habit to turn into a relationship. Amen. And what we mean by relationship is love. Amen. I'm reading my Bible because I love God. I'm spending time in prayer because I love God. When they're younger, it's habit. Did you, have, did you have your devotions? Did you fill out the questions in the devotional booklet? We, do, we might do different things to try to get them in a habit. But truthfully, you can only live on habit for so long. Eventually, habit has to turn into something because once, if, if all it is is a habit, when our kids get out of, get out of the home, habit can stop. Relationship's not going to stop. We can't rely upon man. We have to rely upon God for everything. Last of all, look at this next thing, and this is the last one. I know there's four, and it's unusual, but chapter 16, I mean, not that the Bible doesn't have four, but normally I do not have four. Chapter 16, verse number 10, and Asa was wroth with the seer, that being the prophet, and put him in a prison house, for he was in a rage with him because of this thing, and Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. Can I tell you why I think that he gave up that life of prayers? Because he was not willing to accept reproof in his life. Nobody could tell him what to do. Nobody could tell him what to do. He's the king. You, you can't tell me I'm wrong. Think about that. The man of God gets a message from the Lord, and he comes to Asa and says, listen, God told me to tell you, you should never have relied upon king of Syria. You did wrong. And he gets mad about it. He says, listen, I'm going to tell you what I think about that. Go put that guy in prison. Hey, by the way, sometimes Christians do that to the preacher. You can't throw the preacher into a literal prison, but you put him into your own mental prison because you don't like what he says. Now, church family, the loser in that was Asa. Now, physically he died, but spiritually he died. Listen, church family, do you understand? None of us are going to stay exactly where we are at spiritually today, every day of our life, without action. In other words... I don't get to a place in my spiritual life that I'm, I get to this plateau of faith, the plateau of prayer, the plateau of trust. I don't get to that plateau and just stay there. That's why Apostle Paul said, I die daily. That's why the Bible says the inward man is renewed day by day. Because in the Christian life, as long as I'm breathing, I've got to continue to make forward motion because if I do not make forward motion, it's just simply, it's just part of na nat my na natural man. It's easy to backslide. It's, God's been very good. Some of you, I think that you have epitomized this of, of Asa in the sense of seeing God answer prayer and trusting God through trials in your life. And, and God's brought you to a point in your life. But can I just tell you, you're no different than Asa. In a few short years from now, you could be the one out of church. I never said who it was and never will, but 
Years ago, a man came to me every year and said, Pastor, is there anything I need to change? Every year, it was like, it was like clockwork, like an appointment. He'd come into my office, is there anything I need to change in my life? Is there anything in my family's life I need to change? And to be honest with you, every year I'd just tell him the same thing. No, there's nothing you need to change until it came. There, we've had a couple splinters in our church and sure enough, some of those people who were poisoned, poisoned him. And his, his spirit just got bad. And I thought I knew him well enough as his pastor because of all those years him coming and saying to me, is there anything in my life I need to change? I just felt like I had liberty. I, want, I don't know if you know or not, but I do my best not to come to you unless I know I'm supposed to because I'm not a dictator and I'm not, I'm not gonna be, I'm not, your, I'm not your father. You have a father. But there are rare occasions depending on the relationship that I have with somebody, depending upon what a person has told me in the past, that I have liberty to say something to somebody. In his situation, I did. And I will never forget going to him and I, thinking so naively that he would say, Pastor, I'm sure glad you told me that. I'll make sure I fix that right away. And when I said, hey, I just, I just want you to know, I think you're making a mistake here. He like blew up. He says, I knew you were going to say that. You're wrong. You're not seeing things correctly. But you're me, think about Asa for just a moment. Asa said that if in 20 years prior, if you don't follow God, I'm killing you. 20 years later, the man of God tells him, you didn't follow God. Put that guy in prison. All I'm trying to say is, is when you're backslidden, you don't see things very well. <laughs> I, I should find that it's got to be somewhere written down. It's, it's got to be a proven fact somewhere that those who are doing well in school do the extra credit and those who are not do not. You know, the A student, yeah, I want the extra credit. What do you need it for? I don't know, but I want it. The guy who's doing CDs and Fs, G-L-M-N-L-K. I mean. Hey, listen, you need this if you're going to pass. They don't, even turn, they don't turn the extra credit in. And I, I have seen that in all, you know, I was a history major. When I taught in the Christian school, when I've taught in college, when I've taught in the Christian school, I mean, all those years, I've, it's almost always that way. Almost, I, don't, I, don't, I can't even think of a time that it's not been. And I want to tell you it is so true spiritually. Right now, you're reading your Bible, you're spending time in prayer, you're trying to tell people about Jesus Christ, and you are right spiritually. And if I was to come to you right now and say, hey, I think you should think about this, you would almost break. I, I'm sorry, Pastor, I didn't see that. But when you're backslidden, you're a C, D, and F spirituality, and when somebody wants to come to you and say, hey, we need to get you to be a B or an A student spiritually, and you're, you really need to think about this, I knew you were going to say that. You're not right. You don't know that. Trisha, would you just think for just a moment, if you ever have that kind of attitude, that should be a warning flag in my spiritual life. Something's not right. How do you expect God to show you anything? Now, I know we have a spirit of God that dwells inside of us, and he can still speak to us through that still small voice, but wait a second here. If I'm backslidden, God's not near me. Draw nigh to God, he draws nigh to me. If I'm not drawing nigh to God, he's not near me. Amen. 
So can I really hear a still small voice if I'm away from God? So God sends people. He said, listen, God loves you. You're not doing right in this area of your life. Don't be like Asa when at one time in your life you were so close to God, you trusted God, you prayed, you, 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 you saw God work miracles in your life. But now what has happened is, as Asa, 20 years earlier you were seeking God. You don't seek God, I'm going to kill you. 20 years later you're not seeking God. 20 years earlier, you're getting rid of all the idols that were there and putting your mother down from being queen and, and burning her idol and doing all the spiritual things. But now you've backslidden and you've, 20 years have passed in your Christian life and you're not as on fire for God as you used to be. Now the Lord brings somebody into your life 20 years later to remind you, hey, listen, you did wrong by doing that. And now instead of accepting the reproof, you throw the, you throw the, the messenger in prison. I wish that we all in here could say we've never had a backslidden time in our life and I wish all of us could say in our life that we're constantly in prayer and constantly trusting God. But I don't think there's anybody in here who can say that. You know what the Christian life is? For a just man falleth seven times and rises up again. I want to tell you something. When you cease to get up, I want to tell you what happens. If I can make the parallel. Diseased in the feet dead spiritually, problems, spiritually dead, difficulties in your life. And all of that is just simply because you're not, you're not where you used to be, where you, you prayed about everything. You trusted that the Lord was doing something in your life and the Lord was trying to show you something. And, you, and no matter what the problem was, you said to yourself, God, what, what are you trying to tell me? What, what, I don't want to miss this. And now it's not that way anymore. When you give up a life of prayer and faith. Can I read one last verse with you and I'm done tonight? Look at uh, chapter 16 and I want you to jump down to verse number 9. I want to see what the prophet said. If you keep that life of prayer and life of faith, this is what happens. Chapter 16, verse number 9. Church, let's, re let's just read the first, uh, let's read it together if you don't mind. I'm going to read it all up to the word herein. If we'll just read all the way up to the word until we get the word herein. Verse number 9, together. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Hey, you know what God does for the person who has the life of faith, life of prayer? Trust him, seeks his face. I want to tell you what happens. God shows himself strong. Amen. That's what the prophet said. And I want to tell you, it's still true today. He shows himself strong. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight? <coughs> we spend some time in prayer tonight. Simple thought. Long, long story, but simple thought. Asa, at one time, trusted God, sought God. And then there came a time in his life where he didn't. I, I don't know if one of these things you're dealing with tonight, but could you be an A student tonight spiritually? Could you be an A student tonight spiritually? Could you just ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything in my life I need to change because I want to be the person that seeks you. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want that life of faith, life of prayer. I don't want to miss that. Let's all stand. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed tonight.